0: everyone, welcome to your Thursday edition of Lunch Therapy. I'm your host, unlicensed lunch therapist, Adam Roberts. We are gearing up, Craig and I, to go to New Orleans this Sunday to spend a week with our friends Ryan O'Connell and Jonathan Parks Ramage. Ryan, who you may know from his show Special on Netflix, is there because he's starring in the new reboot of Queer as Folk, which he also helped write. So we're so excited to go see him. It's been a long time. And we are so excited to eat all of the food there. I've been obsessively planning this trip and Ryan has been, you know, dealing with all of my texts every day where I change the reservations. And so I thought it'd be fun to talk to him about our plan, about what we're gonna eat there and what he's been eating there and how he likes it. And so that's what this episode is about But if you want to follow along when I'm there Be sure to follow me on Instagram At Amateur Gourmet And to subscribe to my newsletter The Amateur Gourmet Newsletter Which you can find on Substack All right. well, without further ado Here is my New Orleans talk with Ryan O'Connell Alright, Ryan, well uh, Thanks for doing another episode of Lunch Therapy You were my first guest I know, and it was all downhill after me. It's so sad. <laughs> Literally, like, how many episodes have I done? I don't even know. But yeah, you were you were persona number one, uh, and yeah, how's how's your life been since?
1: Oh my god! Well, I don't even remember when we did that first episode, but I but I do re- remember I was eating sweet green salads every day. So yes. it was definitely it was definitely before COVID. I was <laughs> not sober. I mean, I feel like that it was like forever ago. It was like two yeah. to three years ago.
0: Yeah, it might have been two to three years ago because, yeah, it was before COVID. I know that because I used to have people come to my apartment for the podcast, which is hilarious now. I mean, I would have just strangers show up and come into my house. And now that feels like a, a lifetime ago.
1: I know. It's, a, such a, it's such a TBT, but it's so sad because I love the intimacy of coming to your place and having an in-person yeah.
0: conversation with Well, you've been to my place plenty of times. You were in our bubble, so, you know, you got, you got to come.
1: I know you were the only people that we saw and we would see each other for like I would say like once a month for dinner and it was like we basically did an eight ball of coke like emotionally speaking (laughs) and like because we were all cooped up and we'd like literally stay for like eight hours and we would feel like a rush of endorphins on like anything I've experienced and then afterwards me and Jonathan definitely thought we were going to die for like five days afterwards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well it was funny because it it really is like that cheesy thing of like your friends become your family but in that case it really did feel that way because it was like you guys I mean we, we knew everything about each other we knew everything that was going on in each other's lives and we're you know it was like those
1: were those were like the few bright spots of real lockdown because we also went away to santa barbara a few times Mm -hmm. which was like i i honestly look back at that time with such fondness because even even going somewhere different was again like doing an eight ball of coke it was just uh, like the joy of just being in a new place was euphoric like it was just I don't know and then having our little movie nights where we watched erotic thrillers
0: oh yeah we watched yeah. The with the hand that rocks the cradle that was probably my favorite one that we watched yeah uh,
1: Cape Fear featuring my co-star Juliette Lewis
0: oh yeah well that's a good segue so for those who don't know why I'm talking to Ryan today um, I Craig and I are going to visit him and Jonathan in New Orleans because Ryan's been there starring in the reboot of Queer as Folk. And so Juliette Lewis is in it with you?
1: Yeah, we. I actually have not met her yet, but we shoot our first scene together next Wednesday. So Or Monday. Actually, it's Monday. We shoot on Monday together for the first and time. And
0: Kim Cattrall plays your mom, we should also see. <laughs> <that.
1: laughs> yes, Kim Cattrall plays my mom. And she is amazing. I actually, I haven't shot with her. I shot with her for a few days. I haven't shot with her in like two months, but I shoot with oh, her again yeah. soon. She's, she is a delight like truly 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 and um you know I'm team Kim I'm team Kim
0: Yeah well I mean yeah it's, 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 I mean talk about iconic like how cool to have Kim Cattrall is your mom. I mean, that's like the best.
1: It definitely feels like a gay favorite dream. Like I, I'm sure I literally have dreamed that she was my mom, and now here it is, babe. It's called manifesting. Yes. Hashtag <laughs> girl yes. And
0: she chose you over her Sex in the City girls. Like literally, she would rather be your mom than be an on an, and just like that. Your favorite show,
1: right? And I mean, as we all know, <laughs> I mean, we're all we're all we're all reeling from and just like that. I think we need to heal as a community and really go deep into what has been done to us because it isn't it's not okay it's
0: although like, i will say y- yesterday what? craig you're gonna laugh at this because you know craig's tastes because he doesn't he, he's very snobby and watches the criterion channel and yesterday he was going to meet somebody and i was like can i watch and just like that without you and he's like actually can you save it for me and i was no. like you, you like it and he's like i kind of do
1: Watching and just like that is like taking the strongest drug I've ever done. And I've done 80 milligram oxy. So that's saying a lot. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I literally feel like I feel disoriented. I feel scared. I feel my, my jaw is truly on the floor the entire time. I've truly never seen anything like it. And that's a good thing. Dot, dot, dot.
0: Like, <laughs> well, I, it feels like all the things I loved about Sex in the City, it's like everything be- has become really sad. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, that's what happened to Steve. And like, oh, that's that's what happened to, you know, even Sarah Jessica Parker's character is just like, oh, now she's back. But
1: Adam, car, right? you like it. Which is I do. fucked I do. up. It's like fucked it. up. Because like, okay, like, I understand that you're just like, you're operating from a place of like, I just want to see the girls again. I just want to see how they're doing. But like, <laughs> can you say like, as a critical person, as like a writer, can you be like, this is actually well done or no?
0: There are moments, and Craig Craig actually said he thought the last episode had some really good moments. I think there are good moments. I actually really liked when Sarah Jessica Parker and that guy threw up outside of the restaurant. I thought that was You funny. liked
1: that? I thought yeah. it was bizarre. I Another confounding choice. Yeah. Another confounding <laughs> bizarro choice. Another bizarro choice. But I could choice. totally
0: see that happening, like like being so nervous to go on a date and then just like drinking so much and eating. I've had that happen where like you you know this story like where like I ate like so much food on like the New Year's Eve that I just like puked it all up. Oh um, right, ate yeah. so much food. We're using in quotes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so food. Uh, yeah. That's the that's I'm the reason drinking. why you vomited. But yeah, I, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I just I related to that feeling of like oh, yeah. oh my god, like overdoing <laughs> it, and then just how gross that was, but also surprising. I thought that was great. Uh,
1: yes, I think you can definitely call the show surprising. How do you <laughs> feel about uh, Che D S?
0: terrible that's terrible like that yeah. whole it's punishing because it's like it's like basically i basically i feel like they got the memo they wanted to be woke and like they wanted the show to be with the times and they went so overboard and just overcorrected in such an extreme way that it's it's kind of circled back and become almost more offensive than it was before
1: <laughs> i absolutely <laughs> agree it's it's so cringe and it's so over correction palace and it's just yeah. like I think I didn't realize how much the original Sex and the City meant to me until I watched it just like that because I felt such a deep-rooted betrayal over what they've done to these characters. Because Mm -hmm. also I feel like they're writing from a place of absolute hatred and disdain for all of them, which is Mm -hmm. such a weird, bizarre choice. Like Miranda, like I always, I always say my best qualities are Miranda. My worst qualities are a Carrie. So I'm a hybrid. Like there's okay. a, there's a bit, a little bit of Carrie that lives inside of me. And you have a Samantha
0: I, in you too. I think a little bit. Uh, like only when I post new ends. But yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, yes, yeah, so maybe, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the Samantha jumps out. But like, but what they've done to Miranda, they've done her so dirty, and it's almost like they made her into a different character to service the story. Mm-hmm. Because like, like. Need we forget, like, Miranda is with it. Like, she is. And it's just, I don't know, it just it feels like each character experiences one humiliation after another. And again, it feels like there's such hatred for them. It's
0: so bizarre. I, well, there's sort of like, there's the stand-ins, I think, for, like, the idea of, like, white wealthy women being out of touch and right. so like they, they, all all three of them i guess have had like moments now where like they get humiliated or say something inappropriate or like go to a dinner party where they're right. really white people and it's like but it's not fun to watch it's just cringe and i don't like that part of it at all
1: but i understand that that aspect of it doesn't really bother me that much because it is true i mean i'm sure like but like but the way that they also answer to the question of diversity or whatever yes. like is so problematic too yeah. because well, it's, it's like tokenization it's basically. tokenization totally yeah. and then it's like and then it's like i can see them like trying to like wear a bulletproof vest against the critics where it's like They'll, you'll see, you know, one of their new friends have their own storyline, but it feels yeah. totally incongruous to the story that they're telling. It's just sort of like, well, we want to make sure that we show their inner lies and they're just not there to give them advice. And you're like, okay, yeah. that's great. Like, duh, you should do that. But like you're shoehorning something in that doesn't quite fit. And it just, it just feels, the whole thing just feels way more problematic. It's just, uh, it's just odd. Every choice is just odd and confounding.
0: Well, it feels like running into like your old like ex-boyfriend or something after like 20 years and you see them and it just it's like all your fantasies and memories like like go collapse onto the floor when you see what they're really like. And that's sort of what it feels like. It's like something I really loved from the past. And now it's like you're seeing these people again. and It's like, oh, this is not what I thought it was.
1: Yeah. It's also just like every small detail, even like like the, the, you know, the line reading of, hey, it's Jay Diaz. (laughs) Like no one told them to go again.
0: yeah they they were like
1: they were like okay that's it's a wrap like well that that line reading will do like like what is going on (laughs) or like or like you know like fucking uh carrie's new apartment which i called sex in the sim city because literally (laughs) like it was like she was in sort of westworld and then I, (laughs) i i found out that like they actually did do a green screen and i'm just like again like why is every choice so goddamn bizarre because the original is so well done. I mean, obviously, there were a few things that didn't hold up, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, as a whole, it really gelled. And, like, they really pulled some great things off. Well, not know?
0: to toot your mom's horn or your TV mom's horn, but I feel like she was the lifeblood of the original Sex and the City in terms of just, like, keeping it buoyant, keeping it fun, not letting it take itself too seriously. Yeah. And, and then she had some of the best episodes, like, where, where, where it did get serious for her character, but, but still, like, it always kind of came back to, like, the funny punchline or you know the zinger yeah that she would have.
1: absolutely yeah she's she was a really necessary part of the show and i also the way that they're handling her yeah. absence is so like the idea that like she would send a text if big died and not yeah. fly to to you know i obviously i knew they couldn't get her but like the idea that they're just like having her still hang around like this ghost is so odd as well again another odd choice
0: well, Ryan, we are we are clearly uh, going <laughs> off the rails here. Sorry, I just <laughs> <mean>, honestly, is... <laughs> honestly, I could TED talk on yeah. like,
1: everything that's wrong about. No, just, I like... love
0: talking to you about. it. I'm sure people like who are listening to this are probably like also watching the show and happy to hear our perspective. But the reason I'm talking to you today is because by the time this airs, I'll be coming to New Orleans mm-hmm. like, in a couple of days, and you've been there for like a couple months now, and so yeah, I want to talk on. to you. About like the food there and what we're going to eat and what you've been eating and and, and what is it what you love, or what you don't love and all of that. So how's it been? Well, the
1: food is incredible. The rumors are true, obviously. I mean, I, yeah. I went to New Orleans for the first time when I was 26 and I felt so deeply in love with it. There really mm-hmm. is. It's very cliche to say, but there really is no place like it. Um, and I remember I loved it so much that I actually brought my dad there two years later because he's a huge foodie bitch and I mm-hmm. knew he would love it. Um, here's the deal living here is a lot different than visiting in terms of like you can't eat the way that you eat on vacation here. Like the center no. will, yeah, the center will not hold by joking, <laughs> like, it, like, yeah. like, like it's just not sustainable. And also, like, you do get tired of it the, the yeah. richness, the heaviness, like, you just can't eat it every single day. And I feel like I have taken a much more measured approach to the food here than I did in the beginning. Like, in the beginning, I would just, like, eat these insanely decadent, like, Marie Antoinette feasts where I was like, (laughs) am I going to get gout? Like, I don't understand. Um, And now I've kind of settled into a normal routine of food that is not so, uh, you know, horrifying.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny because like I've literally, as you know, because I've been texting you nonstop about it, but I've been planning like every dinner and every place we're gonna we're gonna go. And I look at the menus, I'm like, oh my god, like deep fried this, deep fried that, like smothered in sauce. I'm like, how am I gonna go from you know Wednesday night to Thursday night to Friday night? But I'm excited. It's just one week for us. So yeah,
1: one week is fine. But like, I mean, I so like what I ate for lunch today was this salad called Mean Greens from this place High Volt, which is a few blocks from where I live. And it was like, it's just like this delicious salad with chickpeas and broccoli and pepitas and avocado and this green Mm. curry dressing. Oh my God, babe, it's, it's mage. It's, it's gorge. So like. I you know I once I get into a routine like I'm married to it for life and like that's the salad that I eat every day and then you know for dinner maybe I'll let my hair down and like I've been going to Saba. I went to Saba twice in one week which is oh
0: we're going there that's on our list I think yeah yeah no we're not going no we're not going there for dinner we're gonna go there for lunch one day I think I thought you were no no because it wasn't open that night that I tried to get a reservation so that we're gonna go to Coquette instead which is supposed to be really cool.
1: Oh, gorgeous. Yes. And I've also been eating a lot of Vietnamese food because there's a huge uh, Vietnamese uh, population in New Orleans. There's really, really great food. So I've been eating a lot of banh mi's and a lot of pho. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it really is like a flavor bomb. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I'm excited for you to experience it. But like, I'm actually very proud of myself for like, Filling
0: out. Yeah. Well <laughs> it's not, not a city. It's like it's like known as a city as of excess. So it's like almost like living in like Las Vegas for like two months or something where it's like Yeah,
1: and obviously the troll is is like I'm here to shoot a show where I have like multiple nude scenes yeah, and like it's just hilarious. Like, yeah, it's like I like I literally have a nude scene on Wednesday, so I'm a little like
0: okay. Salad, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, so what is the best dish so far like what is the iconic dish that you've had where it's like this is something I would only eat in New Orleans like that blew your mind
1: well I mean obviously gumbo is huge um because gumbo is not something I really had in Los Angeles it's it's fucking delicious um oh my god so so I got king cake today
0: oh fun
1: yeah so I've, I've never had king cake it's this cake that's made for Mardi Gras uh-huh. and um, I'm going to have it tonight. Cause I'm going over to our friend's house for dinner and I'm super, super excited. Um, I've had, you know, al- about
0: the ba- you know about the baby in there, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Cause I, because I, yeah. I once got a piece of King cake and I got the little plastic baby. It represents Jesus.
1: Yeah. Which I love and celebrate and <laughs> <in> honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also,
0: I it, it was on the amazing race, which for some weird reason, Craig and I watched that show. It's actually really good. Um, and then like in the finale, they had it, like the final contestants had, a, they came to New Orleans and there was like one baby in like 80 different king cakes. So they just had to keep eating the cakes, eating the cakes until they got to the baby. That sounds horrific. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's what a were, lot of king cake. Yeah. What were you yeah. going to say though? You said alligator you've had?
1: Oh, alligator I've had, which I didn't like. It was too gamey. Um, and God, what else? Oh, the fried chicken is incredible. There's a place called uh, Willie Mae's Scotch yeah, House. Yeah, I'm
0: is- dying to go there.
1: Yeah, that place is beyond. And also this place, Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's has uh, this thing called Praline Bacon, which is really, really good. I mean, mm. it's like, there's there's a place called The Joint, which has a really amazing barbecue that I've gone to a couple times. And they have this really amazing slice of peanut butter pie that is just like transcendent. Um, also beignets, uh, the beignets are really good. There's a place called Loretta's, which has Praline uh, beignets, which are incredible.
0: Praline beignets. Yeah, Oh, my God. Because I was just going to go to Café du Monde. No, no, no. Do not
1: (laughs) go there. Is it touristy? i mean it is but like loretta's is so much better yeah. it is so so much better and then um you know i bought a cake for your arrival oh thank <laughs> you a, you know that right from um this uh baker Bayou you saint cake on instagram Wait, you uh, bought it
0: already i'm not coming there for like a while i know
1: i'm picking it up when you guys come <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. You. yeah. Um, on january sweet. on january 30th nicole yeah. rucker from fat and flour uh like recommended uh she was like you need to try. I've never tried this person before, but like okay. her cakes look amazing. You have to report back. So I got the cake for the 30th. Yeah, it's this like rye food devil's cake mm, thing. Well, that,
0: that sounds looks, delicious. Yeah,
1: that looks really, really good. Um, what else have I – I feel like I'm uh, like blanking out. No, these I, are
0: great answers. Oh, have you done jambalaya?
1: Yeah, jambalaya for sure. I mean, I've eaten pretty much – God, it's Craw- been,
0: crawfish! Uh, Have you done a crawfish boil? Where you like suck no, the head, you like, know, pinch like, the body? I'm
1: weird about fish. Like, oh yeah, oh, you I'm are
0: weird about I fish. Know. We're going to a fish restaurant for dinner one day. That's
1: okay. I can I can adapt. She's
0: adaptable. Pech. it's Pesh, which I think is um, Donald Link who does Koshan. That's his yes. uh, fish restaurant. Which somebody said like on Twitter that it, like if they were, had like one last meal, that's where they would go. It was so incredible.
1: Yeah, I've heard Pesh is incredible. I also there's a place around the corner from French a place called Carmo which is Caribbean food. Okay. Um that is beyond. Um god, I mean everything is so so good. I like now I'm just like totally blanking out. I feel no, you're like do,
0: You're doing great. How about in terms of restaurants like what what are your favorite New Orleans restaurants so far in terms of atmosphere and everything else including the food?
1: Well, okay, so in terms of atmosphere, there's a place called Sylvain which is in the French Quarter. Uh-huh. And the food is – like, the food is good. It's not, like, anything, like, insane. But the ambiance inside, it's, like, very dimly lit and kind of, mm-hmm. like, romantic and, like, sexy kind yeah, of.
0: I've, I've looked at pictures. Believe me, I've looked at every restaurant that's on Eater's List, like, Oh, um, really? And, and that's on there. But I chose not to go there because I looked at the menu and I thought it looked nice but not, like, yeah, so no, couldn't the, get the, in L.A.
1: The food is not anything to necessarily write home about. But, like, they – they basically uh, like base. They basically play this amazing playlist of like Cocteau Twins and like My Bloody Valentine. Like every song they play is so moody and shoegazy, mm-hmm. and it's just like I like. I would often like come home, come back from set, and like have a late night meal alone at the bar, which is like my favorite thing to Ooh, do.
0: That's very chic.
1: Yeah, it's very chic, and like like everyone in New Orleans is so friendly. And so like one night, I like chatted up um, this like I thought they were a couple, but I think one of the I think the guy was gay but anyway they had been friends for like 40 years Uh and like one of them was a judge and the other one was retired and they were born and raised in New Orleans and they were just so funny and so I mean that's the great thing about New Orleans is like there really is an openness here and Mm -hmm. people are like DTC down to connect and like (laughs) oh we also like we bonded over loving Houston's because there's a Houston. Which I've been to.
0: Uh, that's hilarious. Going to New Orleans and then eating at Houston's. But I get it. If you're there for a long time, you want a taste of comfort and familiarity.
1: It is. Yeah. I mean, honey, Houston's is home. It's the best road yeah. in America. Like, fight me. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm like, I'm yeah, a ride or die. It's meal yeah, no, like for me. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Uh, you do uh, like yeah. it.
0: But an execution meal, I thought my cooking would be your execution well, meal. Well, of course. Of course. But if,
1: <laughs> but if you're gone or not available. Oh, yeah.
0: I could be dead before you. That's true. Yeah, ex- exactly. Maybe you Think murdered me that. and that's why you're being executed.
1: Absolutely. Well, sh- don't tell anyone that. I, want to be surprised. <laughs> Wait, so
0: I wanted to ask you, because this is the obvious question, which I, we didn't get to yet, which is how has the pandemic in- impacted life in New Orleans, like going to restaurants, going to bars, et cetera, et cetera? Well,
1: it's hard to say because my life here is very strange in the sense that, you know, I'm either at work shooting all day or I'm basically hibernating in, you know, where I live because... I I don't want to eat indoors. I don't really want to do anything because if I get COVID and shut down production, like that's literally like millions of dollars on my shoulder. And I would feel a lot of guilt. So I'm kind of like, I just feel like I'm trying to be like laser focused. I'm so shocked I haven't gotten COVID yet. Like it's kind of seems like truly a miracle at this point. But I also am very, very careful. So I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in the city because like I don't really. Wait, exactly. We ate at
0: all these restaurants. Wait, even when you ate at the bar? Oh no, something? this is before
1: No, this is before Omicron. Sorry. Omicron has really shifted things. Okay. Like before Omicron, I just kind of did whatever.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so, I see. But when we come, are you only going to eat outside because I don't think I, uh, no, I designated think,
1: I, I think the cases are going down, okay. so I think
0: I think things
1: will be better by the time you guys come.
0: Got it. Because Craig yeah. was like, I hope Ryan doesn't put shackles on us and make us like no, 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 no. <laughs> you
1: guys honey, you guys can go on whatever journey you want. If the I cases know. Are... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you go on your own journey no matter I know, what. I
0: know, but I'm like you. I'm like happy to just stay inside and like be safe and you know, wearing masks. Oh warm.
1: no, no. But I but he, I check the cases every day. They are yeah. going down. I mean they're still high, but I really think by the time you get here, they all have leveled out. Um yeah. but, but before that though, like it did feel like the city was coming back. I don't know, I feel like my concept of like what is back and what's not, like, is so convoluted at this point because I feel like I don't have any concept of life before the can- pandemic at this point. Right. And because- you
0: came to New Orleans this time with everything in full effect. Like, but I'm curious with like Mardi Gras and everything, is that all happening? Like, are people going to be like crowded onto the streets and throwing, uh, uh, yes, beads and things? Yes.
1: Apparently, it's very lit. I'm going to try to go home that week because we're shutting down production because we can't shoot during Mardi Gras. Um, so I'm going to probably missed it but apparently it's very lit new orleans loves new orleans is a fascinating city there's there's so much joy and there's so much pain it's like that sounds that sounds dramatic but i think the pain is what necessitates the joy Mm -hmm. like i feel like this is a city that's been through a lot of tragedy and has endured a lot of battles and Mm -hmm. they really find pockets of joy where they can there is this real kind of zest for life and need for celebration that i have found unparalleled in any other city and it's really beautiful that being said i'm not a parade girl i (laughs) i don't like i don't like being in large crowds of people yeah i you know what i mean i'm a little like homo homebody so like it's not necessarily (laughs) it's not necessarily my journey but like i respect and appreciate well it's interesting
0: because you stopped drinking like within the past couple years i Mm -hmm. wonder like if if there was no COVID and you were still drinking like, do you think it would be more fun to be there or in terms of the, the craziness and the letting yourself go or maybe not?
1: Well, not really, because I've been here a couple times when I was drinking and yeah. like, you know, I remember coming here when I was drinking and feeling really good about the relationship that I had to booze because everyone else was like extras in The Walking Dead. I mean, there's right. like a, there's like a lot of. Obliteration happening. There's sure, a they lot. have those
0: giant hurricanes and those huge yes. glasses. I remember on Bourbon Street, like seeing people just like drinking, like their their body weight in hurricanes. People are
1: people are definitely down to rage, and I feel like again, talk about the the intersection of joy and pain. It's like. <laughs> I, I think that there's a little bit of like, what are you running from, honey? What are you running right, from? Right.
0: Well, it's people who go to places like Las Vegas and New Orleans are often coming from like lives where they don't let let their hair down at all, or they feel repressed, right. or, so they just go the extreme other direction and just you know end up like collapsed on a on a street corner, like throwing up on themselves. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so there's so much more to the city than that part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And also I'm like 35. I'm not like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, I'm not a rage against the machine girl. I don't know. I, I I can't tell if like, you know, I mean, I do know, like I was living in the French Quarter the first two months and I couldn't deal. So like for the people that don't know about French Quarter, it's this really beautiful neighborhood with European architecture with like tons of beautiful buildings. But Uh, it's a little bit like Times Square threw up on Hollywood Boulevard. Like it's where the majority of partying takes place. It's where the majority of tourists like to go. And it's one thing to go there and to like experience it and get a meal and get a hurricane to go, whatever. It's another to like literally live on the intersection of like hurricane and like vomit and piss. (laughs) Right. So like it was a little intense there I felt like I was kind of like in this really well well designed maze of hell Mm -hmm. um and then I moved to the lower garden district which is really beautiful like with wide streets and beautiful homes and stuff like that so I feel much more at home here but like yeah it's really it's really really nice when I was in the French Quarter I really felt like the walls were closing in on myself I just Mm -hmm. like could not handle it um but but yeah so I mean there's there's just so much to New Orleans and the neighborhoods are so diverse that like Mm -hmm. there really is something for everybody here. But I think the commonality is that people do like to celebrate. There is this sort of like boisterousness and Mm -hmm. like this sort of like living out loud quality to the city that I just I think is really palpable and like kind
0: of infectious. What well, about the music too, because it isn't music. Incredible. There? Yeah. Cause I'm yeah, sure going to Frenchman street. I think, is that what it's called? Where like all the bars are with like people just playing trumpets and things. Outside. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. The, the live music. I mean, I'm, I'm going to like, I feel like I'm like Craig Bierko in Texas city. Remember when, like, remember when? <laughs> yeah,
0: bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah. Did
1: everyone carry dated that guy with you? Yeah. Like, Who she loves doesn't jazz? understand.
0: Yeah. She just like, yeah. I don't get jazz. I don't like I know. It. It's but he was noise. Like,
1: he was a Manic Pixie Jazz Boy. And honestly, the, pre- <laughs> the precursor to Ryan Gosling and La La Land. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, you know, I mean, probably, yeah. I'm sure. He paved the um, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Craig walked so Ryan Gosling could run. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but basically, yeah, there's amazing music. It's all live music. And it's beautiful, the most beautiful jazz and people playing on street corners. I mean, all of that is just part of it. And it's mm-hmm. really, I, I haven't done that in like months because of Omicron, but like, I really, but like even you don't even need to like go in necessarily to hear the music. It's just right. always like wafting through the streets. It's like relentless charm.
0: Okay, let's walk through um, our restaurant list because okay. people who people who are listening to this at this point, like maybe they're planning their own trip to New Orleans. And so we, we like you know we consulted with one another. So the first night when we get there, there's a chance we might go to Gri Gri. Is that how you say the Gri Yeah, Gri
1: Gri. I think so. I think it's Gri Gri. Yeah, it's Gris-gris. a couple blocks from our hotel. And I've had brunch there, and it's delicious. And I, didn't,
0: I didn't make a reservation, but maybe I will just so we have it.
1: Yeah, is that Donald Link too, or no?
0: I don't think so. No, no, it's
1: someone else. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, but you like the food there? It's is it yeah. like New Orleans kind of food? Yes.
1: Yeah, it's a great introduction to New Orleans food. In my opinion. Okay.
0: And then the next night we're going to La Petite Grocery. Have you gone there yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had the burger. Delicious. Great place. Iconic New Orleans institution. I think you'll love it.
0: Is it like um like a casual like dinery kind of place or is it no like, it's like
1: nice it's, it's like fancy. kind of it's like kind of fancy a oh, little I bit like that. it's like not that. like it's not like the tiers of fancy in new orleans are like it's not like you know uh commander's palace
0: fancy but it's right, like right.
1: yeah but it's like uptown and uptown's a fancier neighborhood and the restaurants typically is here. uptown
0: the same as the garden district
1: no. So like low, it goes like basically a lower garden g- district, garden district, and then, uh, uptown.
0: Got it. And so what kind yeah. of food did you have when you went to La Petite grocery? Do you remember what you ate? I had, a had the burger. burger. You had the burger. Yeah. What
1: else did you have? Um, I had a salad and yeah, it was, it was a really burger
0: good. And a salad. You just tried to turn it into Houston's is what you did.
1: I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was really good though. I can't remember it though. Cause it was like, You had the one spinach
0: first- artichoke dip the, yeah, uh, yeah totally totally yeah. totally this
1: is when i reveal that i've actually only been eating since the <laughs> yeah. entirety of my right. experience here and yeah. i have to literally you're like so what about this food i'm like um it was great my teeth are chattering i'm literally like <laughs>
0: right.
1: I'm, I'm ordering from there right now I'm like, yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah well okay so but you had the burger was there something special about the burger there
1: um no <laughs> 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 well by the way i I know. Wait, by the way, I feel like you asked me about like, like and like, I liked it. It wasn't necessarily like a meal that I was like super blown away by, but maybe, oh, that's, okay. but maybe that's why I just, maybe that's what I ordered. I mean, burgers can only, burgers are great, but I feel like burgers can only, like, they're not superstars. Yeah, they're, you they're can't like,
0: judge a restaurant by its burger alone, can't, I don't think. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Okay.
1: And I, I think it's shocking, honestly, that you took out, I mean, Call Out Culture on your own podcast. I think it's shocking that you took out Saba and Shia. Like that like like to not have one or the other on your list is honestly like you need some accountability. Like you, you need to Well, like here's my yourself. reasoning.
0: I talked to Bill Addison, he's the food critic for the LA Times. Okay. And he he dissuaded us from going to Shia. He was like, Shia doesn't own Shia anymore, so Shia isn't affiliated with Shia because there was a huge scandal because John Besh, the New Orleans chef, got canceled. I read the article, you you get yeah, yeah. I the so he got cancelled and so so then like Shia just dis- dissociated. So now Shia's is at Saba. And so I looked at the menu and the, the lunch menu is the same as the dinner menu. And it all looked like very hummusy and like light and like Israeli-ish. So I really felt like I could go there for lunch one day and experience it and then save like dinner for like a richer like New Orleans fried alligator kind of thing.
1: I mean, we're different kinds of girls. Like I, I don't like, I like to like keep it light and tight yes. during the day and then right. like, fully blacked out and like live my truth at night uh-huh, uh-huh. i feel like because of the sheer amount of pita involved both those restaurants i feel like you're gonna go a little ham and like be a little I think you're gonna be oh, a little interesting but okay. that be... honey you're on vacation like live for your truth you're also the... i'm
0: a i'm a jew so like eating like israeli jewish food like in new orleans i get it like it's kind of a mashup, but it really just sounds like a bunch of hummus and like Pita bread. No, babe, it's different. It's like really good. I mean, I don't All right, know. I'll like, look it up. I'll look it up. I don't want to. Okay. hope he's not listening, but I will. Maybe, maybe we'll swap out something because the next night we're going to Coquette, um, which I read about because the chef. I think it's a female chef was on in Cherry Bomb Magazine, which is a cool magazine. Great. And I was reading an interview with her, and, she, and it just looks really cool, and the food looks really good. And I think it's I've a never very, heard of it. I've never oh, yeah, heard of it. It's like a really small menu. That's what I liked about it. I don't know. So, if Jonathan, um, Ryan's. Beloved is a (laughs) vegetarian. And so it makes things
1: really difficult here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. How's Jonathan been faring? It's been, I mean, everything overall is just much easier. But like in the beginning, it was very challenging, honestly, finding places that were vegetarian friendly. Like I actually was shocked. Like I was like, honey, like not one thing on the menu is vegetarian. You're not going to have one thing.
0: I think Coquette does have like a really short menu, but each course I noticed they have a vegetarian option, I'm pretty sure. So, gorgeous. And actually, every reservation I made on Red Sea, like you can add a note. And I added like one vegetarian is dining with us to each reservation. So, amazing. Make sure. well,
1: yeah. Also, like he is kind of a, I mean, not to throw shade to my wonderful boyfriend who I love dearly, but he's a difficult vegetarian because he doesn't. Oh, wow. I hope well, he's not no, because, to this. because he doesn't like mushrooms i don't like mushrooms either but i'm like honey like mushrooms are like the number one meat substitute. like yeah. how could you and yeah. like honestly he doesn't like love vegetables either i
0: don't think that's that 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 really cuts out most foods for him
1: yeah so it's a little like i mean he just wants to eat like cheese pizza every day He's yeah very kevin McAllister that way
0: hmm, maybe we'll have to have him back on lunch therapy as a and have an intervention I think you should because Once I think therapy intervention that's good I like that
1: I I think you should because he needs to like so, something's got to give by Nancy Myers.
0: I think a little <laughs> yeah. a little bit I mean you mushrooms I mean? I've said to him I don't think he's had I get not liking mushrooms because I think poorly prepared mushrooms are disgusting if they're slimy and gross but if you have like a car caramelized caramelized like deeply dark brown crispy like garlicky yes. mushroom it's delicious it almost tastes like a french fry so i think that's what he needs
1: the only time that we have both enjoyed mushrooms was when we had dinner at stone hill at blue farms oh yeah blue which hill, we, or stone stone blue hill stone farm <laughs> oh my god yeah. lol blue, yeah. blue hill stone farm yeah yeah um, and it was incredible. So yeah, maybe you're on I don't mushrooms know.
0: right now, which is, what yeah, say, I anyway. totally. yeah, I am totally, you know, that's um, what I okay, do on my days off. So the next day is Craig's birthday Yeah, and we're going to have lunch at Galatoire's, Galatoire's. Oh, you didn't, least. you didn't change it to Arno's? No. Should I change it to Arno's for lunch? I think you should. Wait, are
1: um, you not going on the weekend?
0: No, we're going with you to AFO. We're, we're going
1: to get to that. oh yeah. Oh, you're oh great. Okay, Gordon. Okay, okay, great. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Okay, this. No, is But
0: Galatoire's, I heard, was like a good like lunchtime like New Orleans classic great. New Orleans. No, it will be. It'll be good. It'll be good. You'll like. And lie. then that night we're going to Pesh. Okay, great. For Craig's Love. birthday. Which yes. is mostly seafood stuff, but there are so there's a steak on the menu I noticed, and there's I'm sure right. there's a vegetarian like option. So sure. and then the next night we're not seeing you, but we're going to the Mosquito Supper Club, which is like a like a pay ahead sort of Oh, thing.
1: I've heard about this
0: place. Yeah, yes. I'm excited wait, about it. Is that mostly fish
1: too? Yeah, it's all fish.
0: Okay, That's okay. why we're not seeing you. Otherwise, I would have invited you. But it's like a whole, whole you don't even know what the, they don't even tell you what the menu is going to be, but it's just all fish. So. Oh, shit. That's my worst fucking nightmare. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. And then on Friday, we're going to go to N7. Have you been there yet? I'm going to N7
1: tomorrow.
0: Oh, cool. Have you heard good yeah. things?
1: Yeah. I've heard great things. Yeah. I'm okay. really excited. I'll report back with you. It's, it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. I've seen the pictures. It's yeah. I,
0: it was on a lot of lists. And then finally, our last day, we're going to brunch with you uh, at Acha Falaya. Yes, yes. That place
1: is a really fun brunch vibe. They play like live jazz and the food is, they have really amazing fried chicken. I actually haven't mm. been there in years, but I remember it slapping pretty hard. Oh, good. It right. Yeah, it looked yeah.
0: really fun on the, on the website. And then the last night we're going to compare Lapin, which is Mina yes, Nina Compton's
1: restaurant. I've been yeah. wanting to go, I've been to Bywater American Bistro, mm-hmm. which has some pretty exceptional dishes. Um, so, but I love her and I've been wanting to try that restaurant for so long.
0: Well, Bill Addison said that it's like one of the best restaurants in America and that like he, oh. he loves it more than he says, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. Well, I think we have a great week planned. Are you excited about it?
1: yeah I mean are you are you ready? like can you like emotionally handle all of that food?
0: yeah, are you kidding? oh yeah I, I I eat very well on vacation i I can make that this is like what my family does. like when I go home to visit my family in Florida, like we go out to lunch, out to dinner, out to lunch, out to dinner. It's like everything's a celebration. everything is like a cause for like toast but are, and but are you
1: gonna are you gonna shame spiral about it afterwards? No. is it gonna is it gonna no. throw you off your access? No, I'm
0: doing really well right now. I'm very balanced like I have uh, absolutely are you? Fitness. Yeah, I'm very okay. balanced. Like, I what's happening? I, I exercised on Monday and Tuesday and ate salads. Then, yes, I mean, I think on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then yesterday, I went to have tacos at Mariscos Jalisco, which yeah, of um, was amazing with deep fried tacos. And then today, I had Courage Bagels for lunch. So, like, my new thing is exercise when I feel like exercising, eat what eat stuff when I feel like eating stuff, and like try to strike a balance, but don't go to extremes.
1: That's good because historically, what you'll do is you'll have a little healthy routine, you'll yeah. exercise, and then you'll have like two days of quote unquote bad eating
0: yes and then
1: you'll be like what the fuck is the point of
0: anything and then you'll throw it all away so I'm who helped me with that is your friend Dini Dr. Dini oh did she really yeah she came on a bonus episode of lunch therapy and we talked all about that and we talked about like the snowball rolling down the hill like once like you fall off the horse not to mix metaphors but um, you basically it's like hard for me to get back on the horse and that's my challenge is just getting back on the horse so like I, I identified that as my issue and And then I realized – and she said you have to be really kind to yourself when you fall off the horse. It's like don't beat yourself up. Just like be kind to yourself. And that really helped. And now it's like, okay. And my goal is no longer – I think the hardest part for me was like wanting – concrete results like yes. i want to shed a certain amount of weight i want to like have visible whatever like lines on my arms like which i think you have now no, um, thank you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but i'm not doing nude scenes for anything so i don't know once i let go of the, the need for concrete goals and just wanted to feel overall healthy and just be balanced like i feel like it's been good
1: yeah i think i think looking for results is sort of i mean it's nice of course to have goals and all that stuff yeah. but like i mean it sounds corny but like working out should always kind of be like for me at least and why it served me well and why I don't think I've ever like stopped since I started like eight years ago is because it's for mental health, like truly, truly, yeah. truly like having, cause I mean, you and I are both people, I think that live inside our brains 24 seven are mm-hmm. incredibly neurotic and whatever, whatever. And I think having just an hour a day where I know for sure I will like not return my brain's texts and I'll live in my body is really important
0: for my sanity. Not to mean? out out you, but do you ha- you have a trainer each time?
1: Oh yeah, but before, but I I did this before I had a trainer. I I know, but I'm saying, i saying if I had a trainer out, to meet
0: every day, like I would definitely work out. Uh, yeah, but babe, I worked out. <laughs> I worked out six days a week
1: without a trainer. For a very long time. I'm I'm truly addicted to exercise, and like oh, good. and just. To- you know, my trainer is town this week and I'm going to the gym every day without him, you know? Oh,
0: wow, okay. Well, wow. so, you put me in my place. All I right. mean, I, I really am. I, well, <laughs> I
1: truly am addicted to exercise. Like, it's the one healthy addiction that I actually accrued. And, like, um, I think it really is just about using it for that rather than, like, I want to see. Because, again, like, if you don't immediately of course you're bound to get frustrated and say, what's the point? Right. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, also like I noticed, I mean, this is so obvious, but like I do feel completely different when I exercise and I know, I know there's endorphins, but it goes beyond that. Cause it's also like I sleep better. Like I think my skin looks better. I have like, yeah. a glow about me. So it's like,
1: I remember I that actually, there was a period where you were like working out heavily and you were very glow by JLo.
0: Yeah. I remember I that. I still am. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm glowing. right now. <laughs> 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 um, oh. No, but I really am when I work. Workout like when I did like a hit workout on Apple Fitness, like and, and Craig was like, "Wow, you you're like glowing." And I was like, "Yeah, that's because I just worked out." So, okay. So, so you do feel good afterwards. Yeah, so, oh, I do. Like, but for example, today I met somebody, this is so detailed, but like I met somebody for coffee at 11 and yeah. it was near courage bagels. I was like, Oh, Craig has never had it before. So I went there and got the bagels and I came back and we just both ate these giant bagels. Now it's like, I'm not going to work out now. There's no way I already showered. I want to do two showers. So, you know, it's just like, it's like, I need to like, if I don't stick to a certain routine then I'll just fall off and then have to get back on the next day. Wait, do you,
1: So do you think that you fell off today?
0: Yeah, but I, I'm being kind to myself and saying it's okay. Maybe I'll hike tomorrow. See,
1: I'm a, I'm a Virgo taskmaster. I think being kind to yourself can be a little <laughs> well, <laughs> there's now, a, there's yeah. a There's a fine line between being kind to yourself and
0: enabling yourself. There is.
1: There is. There <laughs> isn't, is. That, isn't
0: that true about everything in life, though? It's yeah, like, of
1: course there is. Yeah. and Well, that's why I think... I mean, yes, of course, be kind to yourself. I mean, I'm also very self-critical. So, like... Yeah. I, not the one to even talk to about but like i do think that this sort of like be kind to yourself i don't know it can it can veer into like almost complete justification for complacency
0: no i think that's true i think it's more about like on a specific day if it doesn't work out it's okay i think if you look yes. at the big, if you're looking at the big picture yes. and it's like oh i haven't worked out in three months or exercise like but i'm gonna be kind to myself i think that's a little different
1: yeah, of course. I'm proud of you. I feel like Thank this is a, this is a big turn, Adam. I love this.
0: Well, also we're still in January. So talk to me in like March or April and I'll be like playing video games again. No, <laughs> you, you can't
1: think that way. You, this is gonna be you're creating long standing habits that will carry you through.
0: Um well, Ryan, I think we covered all our New Orleans ground. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about on lunch therapy today?
1: Oh my god. Um I think I'm good. I think oh, wait, what about what about but...
0: promo promoting your book? You have a book coming out.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I do. Um, I do have a book coming out, but not until May, May 31st. So sure, it's, but it's, people
0: should know about it. You have a book.
1: Yeah, I wrote a book called Just By Looking At Him. It's very gay. It's very lol. Um, there's some food in it.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Okay. I didn't know that.
1: By the way, like
0: I told you, I didn't want to read it till it came out, but now I actually am jealous of everyone. Yeah, why don't it. you
1: get a fucking guy? Just go over to the house and get yeah, one. Yeah,
0: I want to. I, I wanted to be like I wanted to time it so that when I was reading it, I could like Instagram it, and people could, could go get it and be like it all happening at once. So I didn't want. Well, to-
1: you can also just read it now and then Instagram it later.
0: <laughs> That's true. I will. I, I'm, I'm excited to read it. So alright oh, I'm, I'm going to get a copy. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. It's it was a really fun, joyous process. I, I I'm I'm nervous to talk about it like when I have to do press for it because. Like it really was probably the easiest writing experience I've ever had. And I feel almost like Scarlet Letter vibes about that.
0: This is one of the um, hardest things about being friends with Ryan is, like, he'll be like, oh, you know, I just uh, sold the TV show. Yeah, not a big deal. It's like, oh, great. I've been trying to do that for the past six years and never well, happened. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know,
1: I'm a true workaholic. I don't know. Yeah,
0: no, but you me, make it look but... easy, but it's hard. Everything. That, you know, writing a novel, as much as I think even getting into the mental space where it's easy to write the novel is hard. So it's like...
1: Well, I I don't think I would have done it, and if we weren't in lockdown. I mean, I think I think I was feeling so powerless and out of out of control in quarantine Mm -hmm. that I needed a place to put. I needed a place where I felt in control. And when you are writing a novel, which you know, because you're also writing your own novel right now, I set it aside. I put it
0: aside. What?
1: What (laughs) happened? Oh my God, Adam! No! What happened?
0: I don't know. I just felt like it um, wasn't working and I I felt like I just needed to get some distance from it. So now I'm like full force, like doing food stuff, doing my podcasting, my newsletter, I'm doing like as much food writing as I can do and really leaning into that. And then when I'm ready to go back to the novel, I will, but I think I just got lost in it. So I I think, yeah, some distance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some distance is good, but don't abandon it because it seemed like sounded really, really good. And yeah, I think you shouldn't (laughs) abandon. I know.
0: I know. I think, I think, I struggle with plot. I think I'm really good with characters. I'm really good with humor. I'm good with, like, yeah. general, like, storytelling. But in terms of, like, the big picture and plotting out a big story and having it all interconnect and all pay off in a big way, like, that was a real struggle. And so this was my second draft, actually, and it was just like I was, like, three-quarters of the way through. And I was like, this is not working. Like, this is not heading to, like, anything. Like, the plot, like, it was grinding to a halt. And I was like, it's the structure. I have to restructure this. I have to rethink, like, what the story is. And, well,
1: you know, it's like, so funny because, like, I like I've been working in TV and film for for a long time now and I, and I'm the medium is great but I sometimes feel like I have to it's like solving a math problem yes. because it's so economical in terms of mm-hmm. storytelling that like 1 plus 1 needs to always equal 2 and like every mm-hmm. line needs to count for something and be setting up something that you're going to pay off later. Mm-hmm. I actually I actually found the novel to be this really amazing kind of exercise because it was like I, like, of course, there needs to be plot. Of course, there needs to be story. There needs to be like basic fundamentals of storytelling. But I also think that there's just a general looseness to the novel that, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where, like, you can kind of take the long way, which Would is what.
0: Would you like, call it my... um, auto fiction, what you wrote? Is that what it's called? I
1: don't think so, because nothing happened. Nothing in the book happened to me. Like, my, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, there are aspects of it that were borrowed from my life, but I think overall the story is not, is totally fictional. I think it's interesting because I think like my work is very personal in terms of like the emotional themes, mm-hmm. like 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 the inner monologue are, are usually thoughts that I've experienced myself, mm-hmm. but the actual settings and circumstances under which it all unfolds are almost always totally fictional, mm-hmm. but it is like a very, personal book if that makes
0: sense yeah i totally get that and i think you have this nice like nexus between your the your voice as a nonfiction humorist and writer mm-hmm. and like when you write your essays and stuff and then like your voice is like a tv creator like with special and then um with your book i'm so it's like it all kind of flows together it's not like suddenly like you're writing like 2001 a space odyssey here like you're yeah no I mean I
1: I I stick to the rivers and lakes that I'm used to I mean I I think I think it's so funny I was talking to someone where I was like feeling a little insecure because I feel like I've been exploring kind of similar themes in in the stuff that I'm doing like kind of over and over again which honestly a lot of artists everyone does
0: that yeah I know I know
1: but it's like I kind of I'm like am I gonna ever do something that feels really out of my wheelhouse creatively like i don't know or am i gonna just keep writing really gay shit that has to do with disability i, I don't know it's interesting I feel like, like
0: philip roth is a good example i mean i don't know if he's still like acceptable anymore i don't think he was canceled his biographer was canceled uh, um just, but, like <laughs> philip roth like always wrote about being jewish and he always wrote about like his jewish mother and stuff but then like he wrote so many books that like sort of go off in such crazy directions but they all sort of start with the same kind of you know schlubby jewish guy or not even schlubby but just like sort of like aging jewish guy with all these like issues with his mom and like but they all have different i mean one is about like a holocaust coming to america one is about like him having a copycat person in in israel pretending to be him but they're, they're all still him. right but um i i can see you doing that they're like taking your basic character but putting yourself in different situations
1: yeah i mean i think i think my weakness as a writer is like I have a profound lack of emotion uh, imagination when it comes to like emotional inner lives. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, do you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, I, but like, uh, you know, if I have, if I'm writing from a place of truthfulness of things I've experienced that then I can take the character anywhere, fix mm-hmm. fictional, it doesn't yeah. matter. But I I don't know. Cause I usually write as a way to figure things out that I'm mm-hmm. struggling with. I mean, I wrote my book because I, for a variety of reasons, but I needed to get sober, and I just knew that by writing about this character who was grappling with drinking mm-hmm. and writing down all these thoughts that I had been feeling but was too ashamed to admit, I kind of knew it was like a witch casting a spell,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I knew that once I wrote it down, I couldn't unsee it. You know what I mean? So, like, there was definitely something that I just needed to release. You know, to the point where, like, yeah. one bought it, I would have been sad, of course, but it be done like it just it just needed to be exercised you know what I mean
0: do you think you needed the veil of fiction to be able to write it like could you yes it as autobiography? yes oh no because it's fictional because it
1: really is fictional like truly 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 right like,
0: but I guess I mean the part that was real that you were trying to write about like would you know because to, yeah
1: because it's like I feel like First of all, I feel like memoir is so, like, you're so beholden to the truth and in yes. such an annoying way. It's yeah. so annoying. You know what I mean? It's like... Unless you know, you're you know?
0: David Sedaris or something where you just sort of exaggerate things a little right. bit. Yeah.
1: Exaggerating and taking liberties. But I don't like that. I've never right. done, like, in terms of my like my personal nonfiction writing, I always just say things as they happened. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like people just embellish, you know? Sure. like I remember, I remember, like, talking to a person who had written a memoir and being like, how did you remember all these conversations in such detail? And they were like, honey, like they're embellished. And <laughs> was I was like, like that
0: guy on um Oprah, right. Was that a memoir? A million little pieces. Or fray? Yeah. 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 But that yeah well, also... that was
1: just like a lie. Like he just like made things up. Like, sure. Completely. Right. But it's like, I, I feel like I'm much more interested in exploring like fictional worlds, but with a foundation of personal. Yeah. Truth, that, that makes, makes a lot of
0: sense. No, I think a lot of fiction authors, you know that I mean, not, I mean not to keep going back to Philip Roth for some reason, but like everyone always wondered, like is this, was this because his books were also really sexual and really gross? It's like Portnery's Complaint, like the, he like masturbates into a liver, or, yes, or, and it's like people are always like, is this real? Is it not? And he would never answer those questions. Like he would just sort of deflect and push it away, which I think is the the privilege of writing um, fiction is that you don't have to answer those questions. You can just make it whatever you want, and then nobody has to know what's real and what's not.
1: Exactly, and no one will ever know. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, well, so when people buy this book, so it's coming out in May, and it's called "Just by Looking at Him."
1: Yes. May thirty first. You didn't want to call
0: it "and just like that."
1: Oh well, that's my <laughs> name, babe. this book is actually about che Diaz, che, and what yeah. and what yeah, and what in, <laughs> and what they what they do when no one's looking.
0: all right all right ryan well Mm -hmm. i will see you i mean when i air this i'll be seeing you in a couple of days so get ready get that cake ready well all right i'll see you soon good luck Bye. bye